Weariness. As I was saying before, I think this is one of those areas that, that really Satan likes to attack the church, uh, to attack people in general, really. like It's not just people within the church, the body of Christ, but weariness is, is such a, a cancer to your soul, and yet so many people that are Christians live in it all the time, or they feel that weariness, and, and it's nothing new. Okay, in uh, the book of Daniel in chapter 7 when it's talking about um, the enemies of, of Christ in a prophecy that's there, it talks about, and he warred against the saints and he made them weary. There's a weariness. What is weariness? Now, many of us get tired and that's natural. You know, we might have a big, big night and, uh, you know, we start really late and then we, the next day we're feeling exhausted. But things like tiredness are physical and they're able to be fixed by having a rest, right? So many of us get tired. You might be exercising really hard or working really hard and, and you get tired, you get physically tired. But how many people would understand that there's a big difference between weariness and being tired? We can so often even not be tired physically but be so weary in our soul that everything seems hard. And the truth is that sometimes things are hard but weariness is not because they are hard. Weariness is a state of mind that, that the enemy really uses to make us ineffective. And not only that, to, to damage us in so many ways. So Satan has a plan to get you um, in this place of weariness. There's no doubt about that. He, he would love that you would be um, in a place where you just feel exhausted, and there's a verse in Galatians, and we'll read it a bit later, but it talks about how we're not to be weary in doing well. We're not to be weary in doing well. What does that word weary mean? I'll, I'll say it out and, and just see if this might describe you at times. To be utterly spiritless. To be worn out or exhausted. Does that ever sound like you? that you're at that place where you just feel like you're utterly spiritless. You've just come to the end. You cannot go anymore. There's, you're going through something and, and you just feel like the answer is not coming. Well, I would say that most of us have been at that place at some stage. Some of you are probably there right now. And I, I certainly have been there before. Where you just feel like whatever you're doing is not, working and the thing is that this is so bad because it attacks every part of your life it'll attack the vision that you have it'll attack your purpose it'll attack your marriage it'll attack your business it'll attack your family because when you get into that state of weariness you just can't be bothered anymore it's it's like everything is an effort even getting up in the morning is an effort now, we know that this is not good for us as people, let alone Christians, to be in that sort of place. Because what happens is when you start to get in that place of weariness, it actually destroys your marriage. Because you come to that place where is it worth it anymore? It can destroy your business because the same thing, is it worth it anymore? It can destroy your job. 
Because what it does is actually attack your soul and your mind and begins to weigh you down to such an extent that nothing is worth living for anymore. And all you're thinking is, I just want to go and look for something new, something different. And weariness, when you get into that place, attacks your purpose in this way. You're like, am I in the will of God? Am I really doing what God wants me to do? Am I in the place where, where God is happy with me? And we can sometimes take that weariness as being that we are out of God's will. But you know what? You might be in the very centre of God's will and still be in that weary state. And God does not want you to be there. There are some things that, that bring us to that place. And, and this week we're going to look at some of those things But I want you to first understand just because you're weary does not mean you're out of God's will. Think of Jesus. How do you think he felt? Throughout his ministry, there were people come in, there would be people going out. He'd preach to the thousands and thousands would flock to him. In the very next breath, they want to cry, crucify him. You see, Jesus, as he walked and talked with people, and at the end, probably, you know, the 11 were around him, and not many more. Do you think Jesus might have had that that time when he could feel weary? When he, he was in perfect, perfect obedience to God. He's walking God's will, yet the outside circumstances, the, thing, the things that came against him would speak differently. If this church dwindled down to 11 people, maybe I'd leave and make it 10. (laughs) Because you get to that place where you're like, am I in God's will? Am I really following his plan for my life? Jesus would have had perfect opportunity to feel that way. In fact, I'm sure he was tired and in some ways weary. At one point he said to the disciples, because of their lack of faith, he said, how long do I have to put up with you? Why do I have to be here? That's what it sounds like. But Jesus loved them so much. In fact, he said to God, God, all those that you gave to me, I haven't lost one of them, except for one, which was Judas. But he had such a love, and he knew his purpose in life was for God. And what can happen is when weariness sets in, it starts to attack what God has said to us. Many of you have come to a place, and and I've even heard people over the years, God has asked me to do this, God wants me to do that. And the very next minute, things come against it, and the, the obedience to God falls by the wayside. It's like, you know, God told me to do this, but I'm not sure anymore. God told me to support this, Uh, do this, do that. But the weariness begins to take toll of your soul and you become that spiritless person that that you just cannot fight anymore. In Nehemiah, it addresses this a little bit, how this discouragement can come about, how the attack against the purposes of God can start to eat away at you and there's some things that we need to do to prevent the weariness taking hold of us. But Nehemiah went on a journey to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So if you read Nehemiah, it's in the Old Testament. 
um, in chapter 4 is where I'm going to be talking about today, there were a couple of people who thought that was a really bad thing to do. And what can happen with weariness is it opens our hearts and our minds to grumbling, complaining and criticising. If you're in that place, be careful. Because what's happened is discouragement has started to enter your soul. And, and I don't know if you've ever found this, but you can be going really, really, really well and all of a sudden a complainer comes beside you. You think everything's dandy and fine where you are and a complainer gets next to you and makes themselves your best friend. They grab hold of your arm and they begin to whisper into your ear, this is wrong, that is wrong, everything's wrong, nothing's any good. And all of a sudden, there's a mindset change and the enemy's voice is becoming stronger in your life. Just read about a couple of people here. Nehemiah 4. Sarah Balat, Sarah Sanballat was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite who was standing beside him remarked, that stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked along the top of it. Discouragement started to come in. An attack against the purpose of God started to come in. And what was the result? Let's keep reading. At last the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city for the people had worked with enthusiasm. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs, Ammonites and Ashadites heard that the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw it into confusion. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired and there's so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies are saying, before they know it's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. Can you see what's happening here? We've got a project that God has put into place. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's a business where God has brought two people together. But as people start to listen to the wrong voice, whether it's someone on the TV, whether it's someone at work, the complaints sometimes start to get through to us and we start to, to echo those words. What were the words at the start? They can't rebuild that wall from that rubble. It's charred even. It's hopeless. And then the very next thing we see, the people of Judah begin to complain. The workers are getting tired. There's so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Can you see how that complaint starts to sap the soul? And in Corinthians, it tells us that we've got to look back and consider what happened in the past when, when the Israelites came out of Egypt and they began to murmur and complain. It said, this was written as an example for you so you could see that many of them died in the wilderness because of this very thing. And you'll find that as you begin to get into that place, you will see your wife and you can have 500 things that she does wrong. You can see your husband 
And the list of complaints just grows longer every day. Not because your marriage is bad, but because there's become this, this place in your heart where you're allowing the devil to get in, where you're allowing to separate the two people that God has joined together. And that is weariness. You get weary, well, maybe I need another person in my life. Maybe, just maybe, that man might meet my needs. Maybe, just maybe, that woman will meet my needs. Maybe I just need a different job. Maybe I need a different church. Maybe I need a different family. Weariness starts to work its way through everything. All of a sudden, everybody who works for you is no good. They're all lazy. They're all ripping you off. You're not getting any good deals. Nothing's happening right. But you see, what can happen is this state of complaint, of grumbling and moaning begins to weary everyone. And half the time, I think that's why we're so weary. Well, they're busy, then I must be busy. They got no time for God. Yeah, it's really hard. You're going really well with God, things are good. And, and all of a sudden that, that complaint comes through from someone else and, and you just join in the chorus. There's an interesting experiment I saw at the Global Leadership Summit. They had it. And a guy walks into a room and there's him and I think it was five others, something like that. They had pictures of lines, like height. And there was one line obviously longer than the others. The first time they go through, which is the longest line? He goes, oh, A, being totally correct. Everyone else goes, B, 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 B. And he's looking at him quizzically, what's going on? Well, okay. Second time, same thing happens. But the third time they did it, he would just agree with whatever they said, whether it was right or wrong. And God wants us to rise up as people and start to prophesy into our future instead of complain into our present. You see, prophecy is not just someone getting up here and saying, thus saith the Lord, this, that, and the other. Prophecy is where you start to speak God's word over your family, where you start to speak God's word over your marriage, where you start to speak God's word over your business, over your community, and over your life. Because you cannot affect any change unless your words start to, to reflect what your heart is believing. And the Bible says that the words that you speak clearly reveal your heart. Weariness. Getting that state of mind, that spiritless state. Where you've just got nothing left inside of you. Let's read from Galatians in the New Testament. Galatians 6, 7 to 10. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You'll always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit 
will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the family of faith. There's a truth here that says something so deep, yet so simple. Whatever seed you're putting into the ground is the tree that's going to grow. It's very simple, isn't it? But you see, God wants to encourage us to keep going and don't give up because there is a time when the harvest comes. And obedience means that we trust God no matter what. What did you say, God? I'm going to do that. Have you ever hopped in the car with one of those navigational things? <laughs> Was it more accurate than you? <laughs> Probably. But if you've ever gone on a long trip and you're on a long road, it's not every 100 metres that, that this navigational system will go, keep going straight, keep going straight. Keep going straight. Keep going straight. <laughs> It'll tell you when you've got to turn. It'll say turn right in 100 metres. Maybe remind you again. And then just when you've just gone past it, turn right and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> but you see, sometimes God has just asked you to do something and we're thinking maybe we need something new. Because I don't think I'm in God's will. What did God tell you to do last? Keep doing it. Keep doing it till he's giving you another direction, saying now turn right. Now go left. There's a roundabout ahead. Make sure you don't run over the middle of it. And I think sometimes we just give up. And, and you might have heard before, you know, if it's God's will, it's just going to be easy, rubbish. Not all the time. If it was just going to be easy, there'd be nothing to overcome. There'd be nothing to have victory over and grow. Have you ever watched a movie and you just wanted so much for it to be average? You just wanted the hero in the movie to be an average man with an average life, with an average wife and an average family and everything was just so average and he never had to overcome anything. Who's going to go and pay to see that? <laughs> Nobody. You see, life sometimes is adventurous because there's an adversary. We want to go and see where the hero picks up his sword and cuts the head off someone. <laughs> He's a baddie, don't we? It's biblical, David and Goliath. <laughs> but you see, we can get to that place of weariness where we're thinking, oh, it's just not working, nothing's happening. And as they were building the wall in Nehemiah, that's exactly what happened. They had enemies coming against them saying, you cannot do it. And they had to do some things to counteract it, which I'll look at the next time I speak. But that is life. That is life. You will get things come against you, but that's the adventure of it as well because you know that in Jesus Christ you have the victory. You can take the opportunity to have another win or else you can just end up in defeat.
So what sort of things might weary us in life? Maybe it's a new project. Maybe it's something we've never tackled before. That can sometimes weary us, can't it? It's like, this is something new and I'm not so sure that I can do this. And you feel like insignificant and maybe you feel inadequate to deal with those things. That can sometimes cause you to get weary. Obstacles that are in your path, that can be wearisome, can't it? When it seems day by day you've just got to keep overcoming things. Obstacles in your path. What obstacles are there that that stop you enjoying church, stop you enjoying your marriage, stop you enjoying your family? What obstacles are there? Because if we do not deal with those obstacles, they're always in our way tripping us up. Somehow we have to get rid of them. The attitude, the attacks that are upon you. Have you ever had that? Where, where you feel like everyone is against you. And the words that people speak attack you. They attack your family. They attack your purpose and they attack your character. Can that weary you? I think it can. But what it does is it makes you to believe that you are not where God wants you. Have you ever had that? You're walking with God and all of a sudden someone comes and attacks your purpose. What are you doing? Who do you think you are? How can you possibly think you can build that wall? Isn't that discouraging? Doesn't that make you feel like not going on and just throwing the stones down? I don't want to be a leader anymore. I don't want to have authority because it's just too hard. Yet there's people here today that have built businesses that have become significant in their place of employment because they kept pushing through. And the Bible says that if we don't faint, then we shall reap. Not everyone gets the benefit. But God does promise if you don't give up, if you don't give up at the right time, at the right season, there will be a reward for all that work, for all that persisting, for all that staying in faith. God will let you reap a harvest. When you have limited progress, when things are tough, you you think it's like every day all I do is gain an inch. That can be wearisome, can't it? You're like, things have got to change, but I don't think they're changing. And, And maybe day by day you see a little bit of progress. Maybe there's some complex problems. Do you know what? Not everything in life is simple. There are sometimes things that you will come up against that you need creativity, you need knowledge, you need understanding to overcome and your simple mind just doesn't seem to be able to deal with it. Do you know what? It doesn't matter because the Holy Spirit is actually with you and you can draw on him. The Bible says that he will show you things to come that he is all wisdom to you. And when you need wisdom, if you ask for it, God will give it to you in abundance. What are you weary with? Imagine this. I'm a student and uni's really hard that first year. 
but I know at the end of it I've got my degree. There's three more years after this year. What do I do? Weariness can cause us to quit, not looking towards the promises. And this is one of the things that we have to do to overcome our weariness. We don't live where we are. The Bible says we look to the better place, to the place ahead, the place where God is. And we don't look at the things of the earth, but we fix our eyes on the things of heaven. When you start to believe in this God that we serve, then the weariness begins to fail. And you begin to renew your strength. How do I know that's true? Let me read to you from Isaiah chapter 40. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. This is the God we're serving. He doesn't grow weak. He doesn't grow weary. But that's not really good enough for me. Is it for you? I don't think so. I'd hate it to be that I'm serving this God who's so amazing and wonderful and powerful who doesn't get weary, yet at the same time live in the depths of despair in my own life. What a shame, what a shock, what a horror. But listen to this. This same God, this same everlasting God, the Creator, the one who doesn't grow weak or weary, the one who we can never understand the depths of, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. You see, there's something about grabbing hold of God and pursuing Him that will restore that strength in your life. When you are down, you need to cling to Him. He is the rock. You need to enter into that presence of God. The other versions will say, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And isn't it amazing? At the very time we become exhausted, what do we do? We watch TV, we lie on the couch, we might go on a holiday and escape everything in life. And the very things that sap us of our strength continue to dominate us. People will turn back to things like, because they're lonely, I'll go to pornography, that'll help. I can't cope with life, I think the bottle might be the answer. Yeah, that's got to be the answer. Or maybe I need this high from some sort of substance to get me through. Maybe I need those things. Because I'm just so exhausted, I just give up. And I'm just going to let the world envelop me. But us, who are called by his name, we have a different attitude. Instead of running from God, we'll run to him and we'll say, God, I need you. Because you are the God whose strength is everlasting. You are the God who has all knowledge and power. And not only that, you decided long ago 
before the foundation of the world that you would send Jesus Christ, that I might be in him, that I might have his strength, his life, his hope, his righteousness, his obedience counted to me. And not only that, I could be cleansed from all sin, that unrighteousness would leave me. And so we need to begin to draw close to him. And that's why I was saying before, if you're weary, praise is such a beautiful thing to lift your spirit. As I was studying for this, I just noticed so much that just reading and studying, at the end of it, I felt happy. There's no reason to feel happy. I wasn't studying how to be happy. But as I read through God's word, his excitement started to grip me again. And, and even like in areas where I was feeling, oh man, that's a little bit hard, I suddenly felt, yes, yes, God, you are the answer. And my spirit began to come alive and I just felt better. And I could easily neglect his word. I can easily neglect praise and worship. Yet those things changed my heart. And take away that weariness of soul. Sometimes people have said um, to me, you know, Neil, you're so busy, you must be exhausted. And I'm just like, no, I'm not. I could be. And yes, you have to watch these things. I'll just go through a little list in a second. But do you know what? There's something about God that energizes you, that gives you strength. There's something about him that that pushes you through. And you might be even physically tired, but on the inside, you just want to keep going. Weariness, spiritlessness, aimlessness, wastefulness. Weariness is not a state that you should be in. You definitely have to get out of it if you're in it. What can you do? Some of the things, and I'll go through a lot more next time. If you're weary, many times it's because you've had no change and I, and I don't mean like getting out of where God wants you but they say that changing and learning is the most exciting time of your life have you ever seen kids as they're growing everything's new everything's exciting I'm learning I'm growing I'm learning how to speak and so many of us as Christians have settled into this status quo I'll just let you into a little secret as it's embarrassing as it is High School Musical, one of my most favourite songs in the world. (laughs) And it's called Status Quo or something, I don't know. But it's like, no, 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 just stick to the status quo. You know, do what you know. Don't try and break out. Don't try and be somebody different to who you are. Don't try and, and push the boundaries and grow in your life, but just stay where you are, where people have set you where the words that they've spoken have told you you need to belong and you need to keep your head down. Do you think God made you for a life like that? I don't think so. Do you think God made you for a life where where nothing's exciting or interesting? No way. 
No way. Decide to do something you've never done before. Step out and be bold, be brave. Yes, it's scary. Yes, it's scary sometimes. Can I just even encourage you in this, that it's even awkward. Have you ever shared your faith with anyone? Just give it a go. I don't mean be a pushy, obnoxious person, but when an opportunity comes up, and and we're going to talk about this later in the year, but sometimes it's awkward. Can I tell you it's a buzz at the same time? (laughs) And I don't mean that as a fix. I just mean it's like I've never shared my faith before. Well, no wonder your Christian life's boring because you've never stepped out into an area that challenges you to grow or, or be something that you're not or, or, or just say to someone, hey, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. Have you ever done that before? It's not a condemnation. This is something that will start to change your Christian life. It's scary. It's, it's awkward. And sometimes it doesn't go all that well. Hey, Paul, the, the amazing apostle got ran out of a lot of towns. He got stoned to death at one stage, it seems. At least it looked like he was dead and he got up and kept preaching. I'm not saying you should go and get stoned either way. But push out in your Christian life. If you've just settled into church, is it just coming and push out? Hey, man, come to the praise and worship night and sing, even though you don't think you can. Join a team. Do something different to connect with people. Make a decision to find the answer and be the answer for yourself sometimes and take responsibility for where you are. This is why sometimes that, that gets into your life, that, that state, because you're always looking for someone to blame. Why you feel the way you do. Why you feel weary. It's got to be someone else's fault. And the thing is, the more you blame, the more weary you get because you know you're looking for an answer elsewhere. Make a decision that you are going to be the answer for yourself under God. You understand that, okay? But we do have to take responsibility ourselves at times. To stop being weary, understand you will fail. There's no doubt about it. You are going to fail at times. But weariness comes along when you expect that you'll never fail and and you don't step out. Why don't you do new things? Because if you fail, everyone will think you're a loser. If you don't get it right, you'll feel embarrassed about what people might think of you. Welcome to life. You're just going to fail sometimes. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, but I tell you what, there's something really wrong with a person and their life that never pushes out and never tries to achieve and strives to grow because you are denting God's purpose and mission for your life and failing to become the person that he really wants you to be. Next time I'll talk about some other things. We'll have a really good look at some of the things that happened in Nehemiah with the attacks.
and some of the other things you can do that you see the attacks bring weariness there's no doubt about it but I tell you what we need to start to shift that focus back to God and understand that he can build you up he is your answer definitely is your answer and weariness is not of God guys I just really want to I don't know, emphasize that this morning. Weariness is not of God. It is not God's doing. It is not God's want for your life. And it makes you ineffective. And it destroys your marriage. And it destroys your relationships. It destroys your enjoyment of church and the things of God. Hey, listen, there's a whole lot of things you can do, seriously. I'll just say another one. If if you're feeling a bit weary... Come to church early. Honestly, you hear the guys praising and singing. You can mingle with people, fill up the kettle, whatever. I'm not saying this to get people here early. What I'm saying is that there are things you can do that will start to excite you and get you connected to the right people. And it's just really amazing. I love coming early on a Sunday because I get to hear these guys practicing their songs and sing along with them and and hear the laughter. We get to pray in there. If you ever want to do that in the morning, nine o'clock in that room right there, come along. Yeah, but I haven't been able to pray for ages. Come along with some people who are praying and learn again. I don't know what to pray. Come along and hear what someone's praying. It's okay. You don't even have to say anything. But there's things you can do to start to, to get out of that place, and I'll look at, at that a little bit more later. So... Can we hand out communion, Bob? Would that be okay? And whoever. Good on you, Bob. <laughs> Lyle and Bob. Yeah, that'd be excellent. just want to read to you from Matthew chapter 11 as we take communion uh, verse 28 no doubt many have heard this before but this morning as you take communion I just want you to take this verse on to your life if you are feeling that way weary, heavy because there is an answer and that's God he's the answer to that he definitely is there's no doubt about it then Jesus said Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Aren't they beautiful words? I love that passage so much when I read that. I just, it just makes me feel good. <laughs> Come to me. Now, if God says to us that it's possible that we wouldn't be weary because of him, he wouldn't tell us that if it wasn't true. Okay, so when we think about these things, as we listen to these verses here, at the moment you might be in that place where you're like, oh man, that's a great thing, but I don't know if I can believe it. God does not tell us stuff that can't be possible, okay? So if we read these verses, it says, come to me, that's firstly possible. That's good, isn't it? We can actually come to Jesus. And some of us don't because we feel guilty, tired, whatever it is, I don't know, but he's saying you can come. Come on. If you're weary, you're heavy, burdens on your life, then he says I'll give you rest. That's possible. Has to be possible. If Jesus said it, then it can happen. It's true. He can give you rest. So it's something that is actually available to you. God does not make promises that he can't keep, not like us. This is a promise. If you come to me, this is what I can do. I can give you rest. It's true. So if you're in a state where you're weary and you're carrying heavy burdens, come to Jesus and he will give you rest. It's possible. Not only possible, it will happen. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. You will, again, you will, you will, you will, you will find rest for your souls. Are you spiritless? Does that mean you don't have a spirit? No, you're not like a broken spirit. Yes, it's possible that you can have rest for your soul. For his yoke is easy to bear, and the burden he gives us is light. Isn't that nice? <laughs> that just goes to show you that it's not God weighing you down, is it? It's not. But if you take what he has for you and not what you have, not what the enemy has, not what the mockers have, not what the criticizers have, not what the grumblers have, not what the complainers have, not what the pessimists have, but what he has, then all of a sudden can lift things from you, lift things from you, and you have a light burden, even when it's tough. The burden will just seem so light. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for Jesus. And Lord, this morning, I just want to take this communion with gratefulness in our hearts, Lord. I pray right now for anyone who has a heavy burden, Lord God, that you would begin to work your work in their life, Father God. Lord, that those that are weary would just lay that weariness upon you in the name of Jesus Christ, Father. He says you take, eat and drink. Remember what Christ has done and, and this is part of what he's done. Remember the lightness, the easiness that he promises you. Remember the rest that he promises you.
just as um, we get the musicians up, just say to anyone who's out there that may not have received Jesus as their saviour that his plan for you is also that to take away the weariness in your life, the weariness of life, and to set you free. And what he asks you to do, the only thing he asks is that you give yourself to him, to trust him. And he's the one who will actually do that for you, to, to set you free. So I don't know where everyone's at, uh, but I just want to give the opportunity this morning. We'll, what we'll do is I'll just pray. Let's pray a prayer, which is probably the most powerful prayer you could ever pray. And that's a prayer to ask Jesus into your life. And I just want to say to you that that opportunity is there as I pray. If you just agree with that, pray along with me. If you want to give yourself to him today, then let's do that right now. You make that decision, that's your decision, and I'd just love if you do to come and see me afterwards, let me know what you've done, that you said, yeah, I want God in my life, or talk to a friend if you've got a friend here that's a Christian and, and tell them that you've prayed that prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I'm so sorry for my sin. I just want, want you to be in my life from this day forward. I just ask you into my life right now and just ask you to just fill me with your love, your kindness, to, to take this yoke off my life that is so burdensome and so heavy. I just want to give my life to you today. In Jesus' name, amen.